0: Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hi there, and welcome. What's going on today? As always, I hope that you are well and peaceful and making space in your life for yourself. Change in the world, in our personal worlds, in the larger world. But change always begins within ourselves. So remember that you are worth the time and effort to heal yourself, balance yourself, and always be on the path toward your highest self. In this series... We've been working on that through Foods for the Chakras, and we've reached the last one. This week will be the third eye and crown, but before we get into it too far, I want to answer a question that came up earlier in the series. I mentioned that some foods and spices have anti-inflammatory properties, and a couple people wondered what that was exactly. And I'm sorry for not saying it at the time. Uh, Inflammation is just like swelling in a way, but in this case, it's not so large as if you sprain your ankle and it swells up, that's acute swelling, which is usually in response to an injury and goes away in a few days. What we're talking about with inflammation here is more chronic inflammation that lasts for weeks or years, even after the initial trigger is gone. And the problem is that in this case, your body is trying to fight off something that isn't there anymore inflammation is a protective mechanism and is really useful and it's needed at the appropriate times. But when your body is sending all the signals to create inflammation and there's nothing to protect, we end up with what we call uh, inflammatory diseases like arthritis or asthma, uh, diabetes, heart disease, even cancer. Uh, Research is still being done But the bulk of it seems to show that if we can reduce inflammation, we can reduce our risk for these diseases. If you have questions about all this, definitely talk to your doctor. That's a simplification. And I'm a chakra coach, not a medical professional, so don't get your medical advice from me. But that's what I'm talking about when I say anti-inflammatory properties foods that are thought to reduce some of that chronic inflammation in your body. Okay, so with that out there, let's move on to foods for the third eye chakra. The third eye is located between and just above your eyebrows, exactly where you'd expect a third eye to be. It is associated with the color indigo or violet and the element of light. Physically, it is associated with the endocrine and nervous systems, which help regulate the entire body, including the pituitary gland, which is sometimes called the master gland because it regulates all the other glands producing hormones in your body. Which is interesting because the third eye is sometimes called the master chakra you can use the third eye chakra to do an energetic scan of your whole body and see which energy centers are out of balance. That takes some practice, but it's a really useful skill once you've developed it. The third eye is also all about your right to see. And by that, I mean to see the truth, see your path, see what is right. When we're not balanced here, it's hard to see life the way it really is. And we start to believe illusions, uh, either ones that we show ourselves or that other people show to us. Now, when we think about foods for this chakra, dark purple foods are the obvious choice. Blackberries, purple grapes, eggplant, figs, plums, purple cabbage, even pomegranate. These are all great for the third eye, for stimulating the third eye. And there are two others that I want to talk about, but I put them in a category all their own because they require a little moderation and contemplation. And those are chocolate and caffeine. I I guess caffeine isn't really a food, but it does work here at the third eye. Chocolate and caffeine can wake up the inner eye, but they need to be approached carefully. Chocolate needs to be very dark chocolate, not just a sweet candy bar made mostly of milk chocolate. And a very small amount is enough. Everyone <laughs> everyone gets so excited about this one because we want to take it as permission to just eat all the candy. That we want to and then say, oh, yeah, it was for my third eye. But that's uh, that's not really how it works. Too bad. And a lot of people have trouble stopping eating chocolate once they start. I found that's not so much the case with dark chocolate because it has sort of that bitter flavor we talk about sometimes and not the sugary flavor that our bodies get addicted to. And there can be caffeine in chocolate as well. So that's a double dose of stimulants. If you tolerate caffeine, green or black teas can be a good place to get a little if you want to use it to get a little more energy in the third eye. Coffee, too, of course. But again, this isn't to say that we should just sit down and drink cup after cup to get the caffeine. In fact, maybe you've had that experience of too much caffeine and you end up feeling jittery and, and awful. I mean, that's not helpful for the third eye. That's not helpful for seeing the truth. And overstimulated third eye chakra is uncomfortable. It can lead to paranoia, unclear thinking, and even hallucinations in the worst cases. So, use caffeine and chocolate sparingly, if at all. Now, if you listened last week, I talked about how these upper chakras are more about the energetic qualities of the foods than the foods themselves, and in the third eye, which contains intuition, we start to notice how foods make us feel and really start to explore mindful eating. The process of eating mindfully, just like in the throat chakra, but also really noticing the truth about what we're eating and when and why. Are we hungry or thirsty? Are we eating out of boredom? or sadness, or to hide other emotions. What are the foods we choose doing to our minds and bodies? The third eye is also about keeping watch over the whole system, both physical and energetic. So when we're really doing our best work here, we can make decisions based on the truth of what we need. Intuitive eating which is the idea that our bodies will tell us what we need and that we can listen to messages from it by turning our attention inward is great. Intuitive eating is great, but only if we're really balanced. Most people these days are getting messages from their bodies saying, I need cookies or chips or bread. And that's because we aren't really balanced energetically and we haven't been eating to nourish our chakras. I mean, no wonder... Our bodies are sending us these mixed messages. But when you get to the point that you're feeling a little more balanced, you can start practicing finding the space between deciding to eat and deciding what to eat and then listening in that space and then using your third eye to determine the truth of the messages you're getting from your body and from your higher being that's one of the functions of the third eye chakra surrounding foods. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? As far as food goes, Uh, it's located at the very top of your head, is associated with the color white, or in some traditions where the third eye is indigo, this one might be violet. This chakra is considered to be beyond elements, or perhaps to contain all elements and no elements. And physically, it governs the brain and the central nervous system. Energetically, it is beyond your body and is your connection to the universe. It's your connection to spirit, whatever that means to you. It is pure consciousness in which there is no separation between us and the universe or each of us from one another. It is the chakra that would allow us to truly be part of the one. If we could give up our separateness or our individuation. But that, that is all for another episode. Now there are no foods for the crown chakra. Not white foods, nothing like that. You can focus on gratitude for your food. Or the acknowledgement that you and your food are the same in all ways that matter. But... If you're looking for a food-based way to balance or clear your crown chakra, the primary way is through no food. Fasting. This is a tricky thing because fasting isn't right for everyone. And it might not be right for you. And it might be. But it might be right, just not right this moment. (laughs) Fasting is a part of a lot of spiritual traditions. And In my opinion, it should be undertaken as such. It doesn't have to be attached to a specific religion if that's not your thing. But if you're going to fast, be clear on your reasons and what you'd like to get out of the experience. And plan for it. Be sure your schedule supports it. And talk with your doctor about any health concerns because, like I said, it's not appropriate for everyone. Now, recently, there has been some research on the physical benefits of fasting. Some of them are blood sugar control, which we talked about quite a bit in the foods for the solar plexus chakra episode, and that's one of them. If you're at risk of developing diabetes, fasting may improve insulin resistance. Some research shows that fasting can reduce that chronic inflammation we talked about earlier in this episode. Brain health and heart health may also see improvement through fasting. And keep in mind, the vast majority of this research has been done on short fasts of just 24 to 36 hours. And it doesn't have to be a week or anything overwhelming. You know, it's, it's also possible that fasting may reduce cancer risks and boost metabolism, and it may extend your life. There are quite a few benefits to the occasional planned fast. Now, some say that's because our bodies evolved in times when food wasn't as readily available as it is now in a good portion of the world. We adapted to times without food. And now that we really don't have times when food isn't available, our physical bodies struggle to keep up with being constantly fed. Now, some of the spiritual benefits of fasting are said to be mental clarity and concentration. Now, this isn't the same as just being hungry when your mental clarity is probably not too sharp. Fasting takes you beyond that first wave of hunger to an entirely different place. If you're looking for concentration, better concentration, it, it won't come in the first few hours. Some people fast when they're trying to make a big decision or come to terms with something in their lives. The fasting process creates discipline and can improve your resolve to follow through with any revelations that come to you during the fast. You may feel closer to God, again, whatever that is in your life, or to your higher self, or simply a greater sense of connection to the world around you. Fasting is a good way to be reminded of our humanity and that the souls of the other seven billion people on the planet are exactly the same as our own. So that brings us to the conclusion of our foods for the chakras series. I I truly hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit more about the what and the why of physical nutrition for your subtle body and energy systems. I think it's so interesting because we really see here that the two aren't even separate. We think about them as being two things, but they're really one thing. So every time we make a change to the physical or energetic, the emotional or the mental, the spiritual or the worldly, we're making a change everywhere. It's sort of the personal nutritional version of what I say all the time about individual changes making ripples through the world. Please join me on Facebook or Instagram at Your Chakra Coach. And if this podcast is bringing value into your life, if you're enjoying the show, please consider joining the Patreon page to support me and my efforts to bring it to you every week. There are extras and bonuses there, as well as knowing that you're contributing to more love and more light in the world week after week. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you all for listening, and I love you all. Bye.